Yeah, so this three-part series is, uh, was entitled, or is entitled Summer Fruits, and it's looking at the, the fruits of the Spirit. So in the, in the very first um, of the series, Mark shared about what the fruits of the Spirit are and the acts of the sinful nature. And um, I think the point, I understand I wasn't there, I understand the point Mark was making was that the uh, fruits and the acts of the sinful nature are obvious, they're evident, they can be seen. Yeah? And if you were here last week, you would have heard um, Al talk about, first of all, he started by saying, when you become born again, when you receive the Lord as your Lord and Savior, when you receive the Lord Jesus, that the three things that happen. One is you gain a new identity. The second is that you receive a calling from God. And then the third is that you're heading in a different di- de- towards a different destination. A different destination for eternity, correct? Yes. He then went on to talk about walking in the Spirit. And Al shared four things. The first was that walking in the Spirit means coming to God, first of all. Who is the source of life? Secondly, it's recognizing that the Holy Spirit leads us. There's a presence of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit leads us. The third thing that Al said was to choose wisely. And then the fourth thing was to walk together as a people. And I would, I would encourage you, I would commend as Paul would say, I would commend that word of last week unto you. If you were not here, when, when that teaching comes out um, online, I would encourage you to listen to it. Uh, because it was a, a really powerful message. And, I, and so I, I, I thought, well, Mark described the fruits. Not in detail, but he, he said they were obvious. Um, Al has talked about walking in the Spirit. Lord, where do you want me to take this? But I felt and I believe God said to me very strongly that actually, Nick, your job, it's not about the fruits because they're evident. You know, you can read them, but it's about the roots. And God has been talking to me about, it's about going back to the roots because the roots determine the fruits. And so what was Paul trying to do in that passage And so I'm going to read Galatians chapter 5, which um, has been the basis of this teaching. It's been a text that we've been covering. But my key question today in terms of summer fruits is, so who do you think you are? Who do you believe you are? Who do you say you are? And that was, was so important, I felt, when Olive brought that, that we carry labels. People give us labels. So who do you think you are? Who do you say you are? It's that question, the first point that Al covered off, or actually mentioned, didn't cover off in detail, was identity, the first thing you receive. I believe God is saying that that is the root. And so it was important, I felt that was such a timely word, and we're praying to that, that there are labels people carry. Is your label angry person? Is your label adulterer? Is your label alcoholic? Is your label whatever? Is that your label? 
When I actually came up with this title, um, and this may make sense to my African brothers and sisters in the house, I, it reminded me of, uh, I grew up in Nigeria, partly, and uh, it reminded me of two words I used to hear. When people are having an argument or disagreeing, suddenly somebody will puff himself up and go, so who do you think you are? <laughs> who do you think you are to talk to me like that? Who do you think you are? And the question often is actually, you know, who does he or she think she is? And another one that reminds me is, do you know who you're talking to? Do you know who I am? So there's such a sense of, I mean, it just made me, made me chuckle as I remembered. Let's get into the scripture. Um, Galatians chapter 5, starting from verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Amen? Sorry. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Amen. Thank you. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Yeah, it is possible. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Done. Dusted. But then do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. Now, the context of this is that the Galatians had come into faith. They'd been saved. They'd understood the word of grace and by faith in God had been saved. They'd been justified. There was nothing else required. But someone or some people, I don't know how many, it's not specific, started to preach that they needed to be circumcised, to be justified. So they needed the, to uh, fulfill the law of Moses, which requires circumcision. And so into this context, Paul writes this. And almost this prefaces everything else that comes. Are you with me? So follow me. So he says, mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you all at all. So to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law, which is impossible. You who are trying to be justified by law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. But by faith we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So it's faith in God expressed through love. And there is a, uh, in the next chapter, chapter 6, he, he, Paul again goes and says, it is not circumcision or uncircumcision in, in, in chapter 6, next chapter, that count, but it is the new creation. Everybody say, new creation. New creation. So I'll jump forward and start from verse 13. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 16, so I say, so all that has been said, I then say, so I say live by the Spirit. Everybody say live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, 
and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. Then he goes on to the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sex, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like, etc., etc., etc. That was not a definitive or exhaustive list. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not enter, or not inherit, rather, sorry, the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Amen? So we see in this scripture that Paul starts by affirming the freedom that they've already received. But then also acknowledges the existence of a sinful nature and how it is possible to indulge yourself in this nature. For, so I, I believe Paul isn't providing a definitive list and notes. They're two different, they're described differently. You have the acts of the sinful nature. And you have the fruits of the Spirit. So on one side, you have acts or actions. And on the other side, you have fruits. Can you see the subtle difference? Hopefully it becomes clearer. So is Paul listing a list of character traits here that we have to work on? In terms of the fruits of the Spirit. Is Paul saying these are the things you must do? Acts of the Spirit? Any answers? Sorry? No. Paul is not saying these are the acts that you have to perform. Or these are the goals you have to attain to. Or these are character traits that you have to reach for. That I don't think. I don't believe that this is the key essence of this. I believe that, yes, these things will become evident, but I don't believe that that is the key of what Paul is saying here. I believe of greater significance, actually, is what he says towards the end of that particular scripture, which is from verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and desires. Did you get that? Yeah? So, those who belong to Christ, believers, those who have trusted in Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, what have they done? They've crucified. It doesn't say actually, there's a translation that says, those who belong to Christ Jesus Crucify the sinful nature. Or should crucify the sinful nature. Or will crucify the sinful nature. Or are crucifying the sinful nature. He said, those who belong to Christ, identity, belonging, 
I've crucified the sinful nature. He then goes on to say, since, since, meaning this is the case. This is true. Since we live by the Spirit, and you cannot be born again and belong to Jesus without His Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Why? Because we can. Does that make sense? So we come onto this thing of the fruits, the identity, I believe, is the root. Our identity as Christians. For example, um, Jesus said, a good tree will produce good fruit. A bad tree cannot produce good fruit, and a good tree cannot produce bad fruit. Are you with me? So it's about the tree here, and it's about the root. And where are we rooted as Christians? What is our root? What is our source? This is why Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Abide in me, and you will bear fruit. So only an apple tree can produce Apple fruits. And to produce the fruits, there is a system in place. You have the roots, and you have nutrients, you have sauce. You have sap in a tree, for example. That's produced and distributed to the branches, and hence the development of fruits. But if you cut off the roots, what will happen? Sorry? So Paul's message to the Galatians was actually the root is your freedom in Christ. If you once again accept circumcision, if you accept circumcision, actually you are disconnecting the actual basis of your salvation. And so for me, actually, um, I go back to this thing of the roots, identity. Because how you see yourself, who you think you are, actually will influence what you do and how you behave ultimately. If you think you are something, you're likely to do that something, correct? Webster's Dictionary defines identity as the character, the qualities, the beliefs that make a particular person or group different from others. Our identity is now in Christ. And so what I thought I'd like to do, I've got quite a few scriptures here, but I want to remind us of who we are in Christ, of our identity. Because if you stand in the place of your identity in Christ, you will bear fruit. It is not in Instant thing. We know that the sinful nature, temptation, exists. And I'll touch on that very briefly at the end. But inherently, you have the power by his grace to say no to sin. Al came and shared about grace. It is by the grace of God that we are saved. Amen? Not by works. But that same grace is the grace that enables us to bear fruit. 
It's by grace you are saved. It's by grace you solve problems. It's by grace you bear fruit. It is by grace that we see the fruits of the Spirit. I mean, some people think when they become born again that actually now they have to, you know, do everything to make sure that they live that life that is worthy. But that is also by grace. And people put themselves under condemnation when inevitably, sometimes they sin. Forgetting that actually the blood of Jesus was shed and, and, and Jesus died for all sin. Past, present, future. And when you become a believer, actually the sins at that point were still in Jesus' future. Any sin in the future is covered by the blood of Jesus. So that is why Paul says here, you are free. Please listen to what the word of God says. Romans 6 6 to 7, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. You are free from sin. Everybody say, free from sin. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 13 to 14, you are the salt of the earth. You are the preservative and the flavor of this earth. You are the light of the world. That's who you are. I tell you in John 6, 47, I tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. You have everlasting life. I tell you the truth in John 14, 12. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. It will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Jesus said this. Jesus is God. God cannot lie. It is impossible, correct? So you will do greater things. You can do greater things. Therefore, in Romans 5 verse 1, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You have peace. What is one of the fruits of the Spirit? Peace. Romans 8 1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Somebody said, Amen. Amen. So you are not condemned. It is impossible for you to be condemned if you're in Christ Jesus. No, in uh, Romans 8.37, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You are a conqueror. You can conquer that sin. You can conquer that addiction. You can conquer. You can conquer that label that you've been given from when you were a child. First Corinthians chapter one, verse seven to nine. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. You do not lack any spiritual gift, brothers and sisters. You are gifted. Say, I am gifted. He will keep you strong till the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. We sang about it. God is faithful. Who is faithful? Does it depend on you? First uh, Corinthians 2.16 For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. I would be so excited if I was sitting there and hearing this. 
I tell you, I'll be jumping. Yes! Because that's where freedom comes. I'm ju- you're jumping in your spirit, whether you're English or not. <laughs> your spirit is jumping. Because the word, the word of God, the truth of God brings liberty. So, fruits. Please listen to the truth. Uh, where was I? <laughs> 1 Corinthians 3.16 Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? 2 Corinthians 2.14-15 But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. You are the, the one that will spread the fragrance of the knowledge of God. God does it through you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. I am a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.20 We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. You are an ambassador for the King of Kings. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who had no sin to be seen for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In Christ, you are the righteousness of God. How, how much more righteous can you be? Uh, Galatians 2.20 We've read it. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. This life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So you, believer, live by faith. You come to Christ by faith. You believe the word. You're saved by faith. And you bear fruit by faith. Because he who has spoken is what? Faithful. Ephesians 1.13, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth. You were included in Christ. The gospel of your salvation, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. As you believed in Christ, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2.10, this is wonderful. This is absolutely stunning. I love this one. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You have been designed to do good works. This is why when sin comes, actually, no, this isn't part of the plan. This is not me. That's why Paul says, do not indulge. Do not allow sin to come in. Because actually, you're dead to sin. That is the spiritual reality. Because you've been crucified. The flesh, the sinful nature has been crucified with Christ. Ephesians 5.1 Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved, dearly loved children. Brothers and sisters, you are children of God and you are dearly loved by him. Dearly loved, right here. You are the apple of God's eye. Philippians 1.6 being confident of this, everybody say confidence, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He who began a good work in me will carry it on to completion. 
Ephesians 4.13, we all know this one, <laughs> I think, I hope. I can do everything, I can do everything, including bear fruit, through him who gives me strength. Colossians 1.13, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. We are rescued from the dominion of darkness. We are not dominated by darkness, brothers and sisters. And brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Colossians 2.13, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. For God, uh, Timo, 2 Timothy 1.7 for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline, of a sound mind, of self-control. That is the spirit you have. One of the fruits of the spirit is what? Self-control. All Paul is saying is describing, he's describing the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 4.16, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need because there will be times of need. But we can boldly, and this is key when I finish out, you know, how do we, those times where inevitably we sin, what do we do? How do we deal with that? Because that's how fruit, fruit, fruit is built. Your response in those times. 1 Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to, the, to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you've been healed. You're healed. So, what is the key here? I said it's about the roots. If the roots be right, the fruits be right. I hope you can see from that that God, as you've been born again, become a new creation, stepped into the kingdom of God, has gifted you with all you need. Yes, the grace of God enables you, empowers you to say no to sin. To say no to the acts of the sinful nature and to say yes to the Spirit. But what did Jesus say? And this is a scripture that, for me, I think covers what we should do as a response to Situations, temptation. Mark 14, 38. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. So two things there. One, watch. What does that mean? To be aware. Brothers and sisters, it's about awareness. It's recognition. Paul lists the acts of the sinful nature and the fruits of the Spirit, what to bring an awareness. And then prayer. What does prayer do? Prayer reaffirms our need for God, our trust in God, our reaffirmation that actually it is by grace and grace alone. That's why we pray. You've got to pray just to make it today. That's why we pray. Yeah, that's why we pray. And I'll share, uh, just in, in finishing, I'll share a, a testimony uh, of this in my life. See, I, I struggled with uh, something from when I was about a teenager, uh, and it was quite a long time. But it was, it was quite a personal thing, and it was myself. And I thought, well, I'm not doing anybody any harm. It doesn't impact anybody else, you know. Um, I did, knew it wasn't right. I felt it wasn't right. 
But I thought, actually, it's, you know, it's, it's only me. But there was always, you know, there was a conviction. And you will know you're a child of God because the Spirit of God will contend against sin. Your conscience comes alive that actually this isn't right. So you have a choice. You always, like Al said, and please go and listen to Al's message again in this context. That coming to God, knowing that the Holy Spirit leads, you will feel that actually what I'm about to do isn't right with God. I'm making wise choices. So I knew it wasn't right. And then I said, okay, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put measures in place. I'm going to, you know, really sort this out. So I'll do everything I need to do. And, and I did. What that meant was actually it didn't stop. It just became sporadic. And each time there'll be a circle of condemnation or conviction, depending on the extent to what I felt. But I always knew, do you know, do you know when, when, what changed it? Actually, when I understood grace and I understood the freedom I had, and I, I did that thing and I was like, I'm free. Yes, I'm free, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't change my standing with God. And then I actually said, but actually, for that reason, I prayed. I said, God, many, many years ago, I prayed, and since that day, it hasn't happened again. Yeah? So my plans, my tools, methods, until I prayed, and I prayed recognizing that actually I was free. That what I was doing was not actually, but I recognized that actually I am of God's. And so actually it is not right. And I prayed. That's, sort of, that's the sort of prayer that God answers. So is there a challenge in your life? Is there a sin? Is there an, in quotes, act of the sinful. Is there a recurring sin? Is there something you struggle with? Recognize it. Pray. On the understanding of who you are and whose you are. And I, I can tell you something that actually that thing will go. Like my case, I've been thought I was winning myself up, but actually was destroyed once I came to God. Genuinely came to God in prayer. So I'd like us to pray. Um, I'd like us to sing this song, because for me, um, this song typifies everything I've been talking about. And then I'd like us to pray. If, if this resonates with you, and I'm standing here, if there's, if there's stuff that you think, actually, God, come and help me. Father, help me through this. Help me leave this behind. Help me. Help your spirit. If you want to know about walking by the spirit, listen to Al's preach from last week. But let's come before God in prayer. Can we sing this song? Please stand up. Please, if you, I invite you to stand up if you will. great. Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for your people. I want to thank you, Lord, that indeed these are your people. 
They're named by you. They bear your image. They are your children. And all those truths that I've read out this morning speak a truth about who they are. Thank you, Father Lord, that they are there, therefore equipped, designed to bear fruit, to bear much fruit, to grow in fruits, in the fruits of the Spirit, to demonstrate, to be their identity, their qualities, their character, their beliefs are in you, O oh God. And so they demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit in you, O oh God. Father, I just want to pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that is struggling in one particular area or another. Be that the labels that they've been given or how they see themselves or what they think they are. Those who would call themselves, oh, I'm an alcoholic, I can't help myself. Yes, you can. Or I'm an adulterer, or, or I, I, I'm, I can't get rid of this pornography, or, or sexual sin, or, or actually my father was like this, or, or my family is like this, or it's generational, it's my personality. Father, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, come and break that thinking, oh God. I pray, Father Lord, that your children may recognize and fully grasp that it is for freedom that they have been set free, oh God. Father, I pray for that person that Olive mentioned that has carried this label and carried a label that says stupid or not competent. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would come and, Father, Lord, help them see themselves as you see them, O oh God. I pray that the truth of your word would break. And Father, Lord, in, in this, be glorified, O oh God, for after all, it's all about you. Indeed, it's all about you. It's not about me. It's all about you. Be glorified, O oh God. Be magnified. In Jesus' name, amen.